Well, hello. It's the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts to Blue Wire. Shouts to American Fireworks, our longtime friends in Hudson. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Tell them A to Z sent you. It's trick-or-treat weekend. It's Halloween weekend. The bonfires, the fun stuff. Get some fireworks. Add a little spice to it. Bang, bang. At AmericanFireworks.com. <laughs> What's going on in your corner of the world, Andre? Uh, gosh, I am um, like a dummy. I fill in for Mike Snyder every once in a while on local radio, and that means getting up at 3.30 in the morning. Um, but I, it's actually kind of kept me busy today. I, I just got done doing an uh, interview with the college kid that – talks to me constantly during baseball season and at seven o'clock tonight i'm <laughs> i'm joining a class at ohio university the ohio university uh to talk about uh i guess whatever that we call this business so i figured while i'm oh, doing all the these standards zooms, have fallen at my beloved alma mater shit they dropped when you left <laughs> <laughs> they're they trying did. to bring them back up that's why they're bringing me in son true, true story <laughs> they have this um symposium i guess conference every year um, they've been having it for a long time, right? And they have a lot of famous journalism alums. For sure. And um, I don't know, three or four years ago now, I, I was asked to be a part of the panels. And you know, it was a heck of an honor, right? Very humbling, very cool. Um, they didn't have it when I was there, at least not to a full extent. But um, when I was there, Peter King came in and wow. spoke to, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was a class or just, you know, group that was invited, Right. And to me at the time, 19 year old me, right. Like that was, that was it. Well, fast forward, like going on 20 years and Peter King was the keynote and I was on the panel and I thought that I made it. And what made it even cooler is we went to the bar after the Friday night keynote and Peter King kept the tab open and boy, did I get his money's worth. Well, well, I mean, but you know what? That tells the business. Like, you know, the kid I just talked to, he asked me, he was like, well, what's the number one thing, you know, rule that you would tell kids or tell me. And I was like, don't be an asshole and realize that their sources are everywhere. You never know where you'll find a story. So by being an asshole, all you're doing is killing your sources. And I think his eyes got real big. Like, I can't believe I heard that. Just, but I'm just, I think that's great advice. I, mean, I wish somebody would have told me some of your best stories come from literally being respectful and talking to people and treating people like people. You, it's amazing the stories you get from that type of stuff. It is amazing that we used to be able to actually talk to people too. No, yeah. um, you know, it was only, <laughs> listen, we're old and, and we make that clear on just about every episode of this particular yeah, no podcast, doubt. right? But when you think about it, it was only 20 years ago, right? And we should, knock on wood, have 20 more years yeah, in this business hopefully. or in whatever we end up having to do, right? <laughs> um, so... No one knew what a podcast was, right? Um, right. You in the early two thousands, you had cell phones, but you used them to call people, not as your function, as your brain, right. <laughs> in your hand, right? And, and your your everything in your hand. And like for me in particular, and I don't know what class you're talking to tonight, but but at Ohio University, the prestigious Scripps Journalism School, and it's earned that way um, over many many years, dating way back. You know, there were five very clear tracks with advertising, print journalism, broadcast journalism. Right. You know, and you wanted, when you were me, to get into a newspaper. And whether that was a small newspaper, which would allow you to cover pro sports and big stories, or a big newspaper, which would stick you on the high school beat and you would earn your way up, you'd do that. And now, you know, everything's blended. Everything involves social media, even the newspapers, 
right? Which thankfully most of them are still open, but just every right. the path is so different yeah. and the way we consume everything is so different. And and here we are on a podcast talking about it. So like it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see where it goes with everything. Um, you know, you and Blue Wire got in the narrative podcast business, which I think is going to continue to grow. I hope so. Um, I hope. I just talked to Tom Reed about that. And, you know, it, and, I, and you and I haven't really discussed this on a podcast or just BS and how we BS. But I'm glad you brought that up with Blue Wire is um, an avenue that they've given us. And it's not an avenue just for Andre or an avenue just for Zach. I just know that you and I both grew up, you mentioned Peter King, and, and Peter King was, is, was like a, he was like a god. It still is. Too. I mean, my Monday morning still to this point, I get the kids off to school, and, the, and, the, and this is how old school I am because um, we have a printer because my wife obviously has a business in Rec to Connect. Uh, so we have two printers in our household, and there are certain things I like to read, like a newspaper or on paper. And I help get the kids off to school. And the, the second thing I do after making a cup of coffee is I print off Peter King's Monday morning quarterback. And it's sitting right to my left right now. Like I haven't finished it yet. It's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. We're Tuesday. Um, <laughs> whatever day. It's it never, this podcast is one place where it's never really mattered what day it is, but you're right. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever day it is. <laughs> but um, I'm glad you just mentioned that because it's, you know, whether I wanted to be a writer uh, originally when, when I got in all of this and, and have an intimidation with going to an AP class and Jason Lloyd was there and Brian Windhorst was there and I can rattle off all these names that have become pretty, pretty standard names in the business. Um, I just, I'm glad that we're finding other avenues. Like you said, we didn't know what podcasts were 20 years ago when we were in college. Uh, we didn't really know sideline reporters weren't, you know, weren't amongst all the games, weren't, weren't a part of baseball, every baseball game, every basketball game, every football game. Um, we didn't have, you know, it's funny we bring this up. PTI. I mean, Zach, when PTI came about, like that was, that was earth shattering, right? Like that was so cool to see two writers that you knew. Like Will Baum was a big name. Tony Kornheiser was a big name as writers. Um, and at the time, the internet was not the internet that we have today. Um, that show, show's going on like 25 years. And I can remember saying to myself and saying to you and saying to my wife, I was like, man, if one day I could just be on, a, on PTI, that I've made it. And I still haven't got that point. And at one time when my daughter was really young, she thought Michael Wilbon and I were the same person. So I guess that's <laughs> as close as I got. <laughs> but and, and part of the problem, I was just email, I was just texting with somebody earlier. And part of the problem with like the ESPNs and Foxes now is that PTI was so damn good that now all your sports television are a bunch of uh, fake PTI shows that, you know, like, but they don't have the same professionalism. Yeah, there's a difference there, Let me say that PTI was meant to be professional and intelligent. The other shows right. are meant to scream and be stupid as shit. Great point. Great. They just point. are right. Great point. And, and in some ways, you know, as much as like all the, all those shows may not be our cup of tea, but without the PTIs and shows like that, you don't have A to Z, you know what I like, honestly. Sure. And, and so, I appreciate where we're at and I hope that we keep growing. I know that everything that we try is not always going to work. Um, Blue Imagine Wire and I, people locally were scared of us and actually would give us more opportunities in the traditional media. For sure. And I, you yeah. know what? I had that conversation this morning with Bill Wills because he knows he listens to A to Z and he's been involved in radio for a long time. And he, he agrees that, you know, like this city, this state fears young and fears something different. And because of that, we're behind the eight ball. In many ways, whether it be betting on sports, whether it be marijuana, whether it be like we're 18 years, 18 steps behind every other state, other, other, every part of our country. And 
we've got some talented ass people here. Like I just was on the phone with Tom Reed for an hour. I love Tom. You know that Tom Reed is one of my favorite people in the world. He's helped me become better at what I do because of how he goes about telling stories and how he, how he, 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 I mean, hell, he spent two hours his day today talking to me and Ken Carmen for a story. Now, most of us that know Ken Carmen and Andre not know that he just wasted two hours of his fucking day. I guarantee he makes a great story. Out of it, um, I just hope we can. He's a food raider now. <laughs> I just hope we keep growing. And I hope more, there's more Zach Jackson and more Andre Knotts out there. Because um, we got shit to say. And the Blue Wire thing is right. We have more narrative stories to tell. Um, I will not dare tell some of the things that I've already kind of thrown at Blue Wire. Um, Brownstown is not going to be our last, um, our last foray into that, into that water is all I'll say. Um. Yeah. So, I. I'm All here. right. Who the fuck's playing quarterback Sunday? Um. Looks like Case Keenum. Looks like Case Keenum. Um. You know. I, clearly, the Baker has uh, multiple injuries, right? And he clearly wasn't right. Go um, tell Jay Glazer that. Yeah. Well, he did. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I mean, this is what we deal with, right? Um. No, I, I would say this because I've been reading. I, I did, you know, get a day, day and a half mostly away from everything, which was nice. And that's the, the awesome part about a Thursday night game, right? You get a long weekend and get to watch football and get to <clears throat> unplug. Um, guys, Case is not better than Baker Mayfield. Now, we were not seeing the best version of Baker Mayfield. We were not seeing a good version of Baker Mayfield, right? Case Keenum is a pro's pro. Case Keenum is a master of this offense and Case Keenum will continue to give Stefanski and the other coaches exactly what they want from an operational standpoint. Right. And that's not to say that Baker doesn't or hasn't, but from meeting room to practice field, sideline to game huddle, pre-snap adjustment, first read, not there. He will do that. Um, He just doesn't have the arm or the athleticism and that limits eventually what you can call and how defenses defend you. See, this is, and you're right, but let's, let's, this is part of the issue we're having with all these quarterback talks. We don't have to kill them. Um, Every quarterback has deficiencies and pluses. His pluses, if coached correctly, and just like with Baker, it's the same thing I say with Baker, right? What do I, I text you every week? Coach Stefanski calls plays that he knows will help Baker look good and his team look good. They're going to do the same thing with either quarterback, and that's the beauty of it. What we have to do, not just you and I, I thought what we saw last Thursday night was the beauty of who the Cleveland Browns are in 2021. They are a team. And I know talking heads like myself and Zach for so many years yelled and screamed, you're never going to go anywhere if you don't have the quarterback, the quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. And we've got the jerseys and we've got the stories and you got assholes like me doing podcasts like, like Brownstown telling you about all the quarterbacks and how bad they were and, and how at number to pick 22, they would always screw it up and take a 30-year-old quarterback on and on and on and on. Um, the beauty of what the Browns have done, we've, we've gotten so caught up in the quarterback talk that we don't appreciate that they've built a 53-man roster that can win games without being perfect. And that's life, right? Like, the Athletic doesn't have one perfect writer, but they've got a lot of good writers that fill in and do certain, that do different jobs 
that make me want to go to the athletic every morning and every afternoon because, well, Zach may not be good at writing about this or he might, but, but I know that there's other people there that are going to have entertaining, you know, articles that keep me interested and I don't fall asleep to. The beauty of the Browns right now is that they don't have to have their number one running back, their number one quarterback, their number one wide receiver, uh, their number one right tackle, and they can win professional football games. That was not something that we could say about this organization up until about a year and a half, two years ago. That's a huge step. It's huge. So, what, so whether it's Case Keenum at quarterback with Sunday or a guy that's got broken bones and everything else, they've put themselves in the running because of what they've done with the other 52. Hell, I'd say with the other 60 guys because we've now seen they've gotten guys off practice. They've done a great job of understanding what works and within their organization. They have, we, yeah, they've played a season's worth of guys already. Seven games in, no doubt. Um, and you're 100% right in what you said. The most beautiful thing about last Thursday, though, was the Denver was the opponent because they are freaking awful, right? And the Browns needed a win, and they found a way to win. And that goes to what you just said. It's credit to the coach, the third stringer, the backup, the, the starters that played specifically on the offensive line and the defensive line who took charge of various parts of that game, and they put together enough in four quarters to do it. They, they did, and they, they needed that win. Um, yeah, they, they have come a long way in that regard, and I still I think they can still make the playoffs. Yeah. I think they still are in a position here where – See, I've said something to you, though, and you don't agree. They can still be better than they ever have been before and not make the playoffs this year. And I was saying that to you, and I was saying that before the season started. I kept saying, everybody better relax with the Super Bowl talk. You are a better organization than you have been since you came back in 99. But it's fucking hard. Yeah, but if they play – see, the see, we're talking about two different things here, though, because if they play better than they played last December, they will make the playoffs. Mm. I, I don't know that they okay. can Okay, okay. You're right. We'll we are talking about we're, – yeah. you're right. We're talking about two different things because of this, though. Sure. All I'm, get, all I'm getting at is this. I don't give a shit about what they did last December. That doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't keep anybody's job. That doesn't, I know it's what we do, but they are a way better organization – December 2021 20, over December 20th, no matter what happens. Now, yeah, do they have to perform on the field? Absolutely. I guess what I'm saying is, like, in Kansas City right now, there are people freaking good – I would say it this way, and I'll let you go. Are there good franchises and good teams that won't play another game in January? This year, yeah. Yeah, there are. You're right. Every year. And Every the Browns year. may be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they may be. You're right. A um, couple things. I did say that Duranis couldn't get 100 yards. I was wrong. <laughs> I said he would, Man, and I actually uh, won a $100 bet on that, too, from somebody else. He looked fast. He ran decisively. Uh, they gave him holes, and he hit them hard. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just as extra punishment, of course, we the Galley boys in fantasy played against him, and he went for, <laughs> like, fucking 30 points. Let me say something about Let me say something about Duranis. And I, this isn't me going at you because I don't like, – like, people wanted me to on Twitter, too. Andre, you told him. You tell oh, him. that's all like, anybody ever wants is gotcha. Right, right. Yeah. And that's not – and the thing is, if you understand how Zach and I work, I'd rather make fun of him about some shit from 20 years ago than make fun – I don't care. Um, I know I know football. I know he knows football. And, I, I, and I've had to fight with some of you assholes and tell you that. Zach knows football. Is he wrong on some shit? Absolutely. Wrong more than he's right sometimes. Um, but when it comes to running backs, don't pay attention to him. Listen to me. <laughs> when, he's, when he's talking about hamburgers, go with Zach. Go with me second. 
Um, and I, and you know how I am about running backs. It's not bragging. There's certain things I just, I know from playing it and seeing it. Um, he's the perfect back for this offense. Now, Zach, could he do that with Kansas city? Could he do, I'm just throwing teams out there with the Bengals. I don't know. They run different systems, but this goes, this, some of those cuts the other night he could, but I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And, and you know how I am about running back. What did I say to you about, uh, the kid that's with the 49ers getting no run now that was at Ohio state. Trey Sermon. Sermon. I saw Sermon have three good runs last year, and I instantly said to you, good one cut back. Yeah, I go with the right team, especially if he runs that Denver zone, he'll be perfect in. Who drafts him? The 49ers who run that zone offense. But the, the, but the thing about Ernest, and this is why I'm trying to tell people, stop fighting back and forth about Baker Mayfield and $40 million and, and smell the good side of this. They understand, like in, in the past, and no offense to the guys that we covered, if Jamel White got hurt, that meant just whoever was on the, on the waiver wire was playing for the Browns. When the Browns have injuries now, they actually fill in. Because I heard somebody, like somebody that shouldn't have been doing it, and I won't say their name. And they're like, well, Darius is a little bit of, of – he's a little bit of the two guys he replaced. No, he's not. You don't know what you're looking at. He is a one-cut back. And to be honest with you, he had a couple great runs when he missed the holes. But he's fast enough, and he's got good enough eyesight. Like like Trent Richardson, we just did a Brownstown on Trent Richardson, and and Dane Brugler was breaking down all the great stuff about him coming out of college. And then at the end, he's like, but the one thing we didn't talk about was his lack of eyesight and peripheral vision and reading holes. There's so much to every position and understanding if a player is going to be great or not. And when the Browns drafted Trent Richardson, they were too much. They were caught up in what he did at Alabama, not understanding what their own system was and is yeah but again you're you're right that the browns are in a so much better place and have put themselves in position to win to ascend as an organization to have guys fill in and all that but you see right now why the conversation is out there because you could end up being exactly right on that the browns are fine and they're going to miss the playoffs this year because they because they weren't ready for for it all you also know that the easiest question I've ever answered you is, can they win a trophy with Baker Mayfield? And that answer is no. So well, now that you only have him under control for 15 more months, you know, what is that answer there? Because the ultimate goal is to win a trophy. Yeah. The, and well, like, and, all right, let me, let me counter back to that. Let me count because I don't disagree wholeheartedly. But I will say to you, and this plays into my point that I've been trying to make in this whole podcast. I've watched Trent Dilfer win a fucking Super Bowl. I have watched. Um, Those are extreme. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me finish. Let yeah. me finish. I've watched uh, who's Wentz and who's the other, who's a tall bozo. Nick Foles played for Wentz. Yeah. I've watched, yeah, I've watched Nick Foles. I've watched uh, the Raiders. Who did the Raiders take? The old man, Gannon. My point to it is if you build a 53-man roster, I watched Ben Roethlisberger, who was, who was basically playing with his left hand tied behind his back because they didn't trust him, win Super Bowls. Yes, it, the easiest route to winning a Super Bowl is having an A1 quarterback, Zach, no to doubt. go off of what you're saying. No doubt. But there's other ways to skin the cat if you build your roster the right way. And the Browns, despite – look, you're not going to hand the ball to, to Baker Mayfield and say, throw it 40 times, take me to the promised land. That's your point, and you're right. My point is, and what these idiot fans that want to keep fighting about how good or bad he is, you can win with them. 
You just got to set everything else up damn near perfectly. Like Dilfer, like Gannon, like the guys that we said. When your roster is right and you can win games multiple ways and you have a defense that takes advantage of situations, something the Browns don't do yet. When you have a running game that you can win with, that you have special teams that you can win with, you can win with a quarterback that's not top, top eight. You're right. It just takes a little bit more. And that's all I'm saying to you is they're building a roster where they're able to win no matter who's that quarterback, as long as they're competent. That doesn't mean you can win the long haul, but you can win week in and week out. And that's half the league right now, right? Like, there's half the league that would, would, that would do somersaults to have the Browns roster. No doubt. I mean, all year long when these preseason power rankings were putting the Browns in the number four and number seven and number 10, I th- we said, like, it's a top five-ish roster. Right, it's the f- between the fourth and eighth best roster, and they're missing some guys now. Nick Chubb's going to come back, and he's outstanding player by any measure. Jack Conklin's going to come back, and he completes what is a top tier offensive line. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. where it is. Right, top um, three. You're missing Kareem Hunt and JOK. Uh, you know, just it wasn't really about Dearness in general. I, the offense to finish. I mean, Kareem Hunt had been the drive finisher. It's it's a team that has seven touchdown passes in seven games and has a winning record in 2021 NFL. Like that's not like, and and I don't want to dwell on it either, Dre. And even if I think that what you said is hundred percent correct, just, just a minute ago. And I think it's close to that. I think what people have seen this year, and again, we don't know the full circumstances, but I think what people have seen this year is the Browns play head to head against three quarterbacks in particular Mm-hmm. who are younger than their quarterback, who are so much more consistent and ooze talent better. And all of those circumstances being right, you can win one. And you're right. You backed them up with some examples of that. You can win games. You can – the guys that you're talking about, the beauty of having the kid with the, the Chargers, with Mahomes, um, with Joey Burrow, who I've been – we'll get to that. They can win games for you when everything else ain't perfect. And that's a special – and that's a spe- – and can we, can we agree to this and say this? That's a special fucking breed. There's only so many of them. Right. So, <laughs> I, 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 there are. There are. And it's coming up now because the Browns have Baker under control for one more year. And what everybody always says is what's a better option, and I don't know. That's not but our I, job to figure out. No, I, I know, but I think <laughs> I, wrote it, I wrote it and said it last year, and I mean it now. I, right? Everybody wanted to kill me. Right. right. Like, you have a really good team. It's time to go for it. Yes. So, like, we don't, Wait. We don't know if any of these guys are actually going to become available. Right. But I don't you have think- a roster that – I was just talking to Tom Reed about this, and not to cut you off, but I got to say this. That's the beauty of – and that's why I keep talking about this. Andrew Barry has given you a roster that you couldn't imagine you would have as a Browns fan. So, rather than fighting Zach about, well, what are you going to do if Baker can't be the quarterback? Trust in Andrew Barry and trust in Phil DePodesta and what they've done. They've given you a roster that's unbelievable. They're 18 steps ahead of, and I've never talked about a Browns front office the way I'm talking about this front office. They've gotten you to a point that you never thought you would be at. I don't stress what they'll do at quarterback because Tom Reed and I were talking about earlier. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers, crazy ass, maybe sitting around in the offseason, and you may be able to sell to him two years of being in Cleveland because the window's open. Now you're finally saying something that makes sense. No one doubts Andrew Barrier of this roster, but you got to eventually win one. No shit. But that's my <laughs> point to all of this. I'm not fighting you idiots about, about the quarterback. I'm not. Why should I? 
The rest of the league sees what they have. And who knows? Aaron Rodgers, who know Aaron Rodgers may be on Jeopardy next week. He may be taking our sponsorships uh, to American Fireworks. Who knows what he does? But when you show off this roster to him and you show what this offensive system is, there's no telling who will be willing to come here or who will be willing to come right, here. Right, but you're in saying that you're shifting from from what you were saying before. I mean, that that's kind of what I'm getting. This is the discussion that I'm getting at. Is like, don't you think if 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 everything you said comes true, and I think you might be right, because going back to the top, I think Keenum is going to be fine in how he handles things. Mm-hmm. I think it all sets up though for eventually his limitations to sh- like. Well. You you're not going to beat the Ravens weeks. twice no, with Casey. No, if you got to play him six weeks straight, absolutely. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, so, okay, okay, okay. So what happens with the starter? Same, same situation. Yeah, I mean, right now, <laughs> I mean, we don't know. But it, it, I, guess, I guess this is my premise, and, and, and the coach will address it in uh, 15 hours, and there'll be an official injury report and everything on Wednesday. This is Tuesday evening when we're recording this, right? Um, if he can't play this week – then like either is going to have to have surgery, which is definitely for the season or how much better can he get in three weeks or six weeks? Right. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. It feels like he has a significant injury and he's going to be out indefinitely. Do you remember what I, you said a couple podcasts ago about what this league is about? It's not about being, the, remember you said it's not about being the toughest. Um, look what that's led to for, for six. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no when doubt. Arrogant, when you're arrogantly telling people, I, I can play, I know when I can play and who I am and whenever all that other shit, that mm-hmm. sounds great for a promo for, for a WWE wrestler. Yeah. I don't mean shit for an NFL quarterback. I mean, he's got a master's in being online. Did he ever hop on and congratulate his teammates on a great team win last Thursday? Oh! Did oh! Did I, did I miss that? you preaching. you preaching. <laughs> you ain't reaching. That's preaching right there. And, 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 like, and I know there's some asshole right now that's going to hear this and get mad, and they're going to tweet at us and everything else. Get mad at us. But can I tell you a secret? What Zach just said are things that are said by teammates and people throughout the league. They pay attention to that type of stuff. We always talk about how college coaches scan the Twitter accounts of players that they're recruiting and things like that. You don't think NFL GMs and people within the offices don't do the same thing with their players and guys that may be in free agency? Yeah. Let me let me sum up the last twenty minutes, Dre. And, and when I'm done, you tell me if I'm I'm okay. right or wrong here. Okay, um, we come on and we talk about this team, and we've melded several conversations for a couple reasons. One is it's never one thing; it's never one person. There's never one way to look at it, right? Two, since A to Z started, we've been telling you that the truth is in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Coaches and quarterbacks get too much credit and too much blame, but they also make a lot of money and are out front for these organizations. Right. Um, You know, there's the best teams don't always win and every team has shit going on and every team has distractions and every team has guys bring up. So like the good ones find a way, right. Uh, All all of these things, I guess what I'm trying to say is this. And when we present it, we want to present it in a way that we're right. Right. And it's not for show. It's for what we are. We know Mm -hmm. we're on a show. right? Right. So I guess at the merging of all of this, is where we are now to sit here and have this conversation about the future of the franchise and the ceiling of this franchise in October when they're off a win and when they play the Steelers is a little bit low hanging fruit. It is right. It's, it's a little bit generic, but I guess why I chose to steer it this way is because in, in what, in where I think our things meet, in the middle, both what we've said here and where we really stand is 
that I see it headed one way, regardless of whether you're a hundred percent right or 60% right or 30% right about how December goes. Right. And, and you never know in this league, you never freaking know tomorrow is a long time away is that it's going to be, it feels like this is going to be the conversation, right? It feels like the Browns are going to be in early 22, either as having just missed the playoffs or sneaking in the playoffs and getting beaten right by, by a team with a younger, brighter, better quarterback. And we're going to say this window is open. This roster is good. And what are they going to do? Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair, right? And, and oh, that's so if, absolutely fair. If this isn't for you now, or if you'd rather hear us break down um, the Steelers' offensive line, like maybe we'll do that later in the week, right? <laughs> it's but terrible. I just think like this is what it 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 hangs over everything you do when you're good, right? When, when the Cavs at the end of both LeBron runs, right? The first one, the coach and the GM got fired. Why? Because you came close. Because you didn't get there. Yeah. Right? You know you. And, and I just think that in today's pro sports, like maybe this has taken it too, too big picture and out. So, so feel free, but it's like aggressive wins. We know it's hard. We, we all respect that you have to be good and you have to be lucky and you have to be well-run and you have to be mature and you have to be all these things. And like, man, these windows close quickly. They do. Right? They do. <laughs> and the head coach and the quarterback are always, always, going to get too much credit when things go great and yep. too much blame when they don't, but they're always going to be the guys out front that casual fans and idiot podcasters and everyone in between judges you upon. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. No, Zach, Zach, it's on a lot of, um, you see, you hit on a lot of quality points and, and how difficult this is. And it's, it, it's, there's no, like I said, there's no one way to win a championship. And until you figure completely out, these guys don't go to bed at night. They don't sleep at night. Um, they don't sit back on one win against Baltimore two years ago and drink beers and, and talk about how great they are. There's a constant, you know, like the World Series starts tonight. And I'll do it this way. I, I, we'll get off the Browns thing because some people just hear certain names and they can't wrap their mind around what's being said. So many people get caught up in, you know, nostalgia. It's a part of who we are. That's what fandom is about like we buy the jerseys we fall for those people we want those people to be successful because they're our favorite that's natural and and that's what we do you know people were bitching about the houston astros being back in the world series and i don't like it but michael brantley is one of the coolest people i've ever dealt with one of the best persons same with josh tomlin michael brantley got shit to do with what those that team did last two three years i don't think there's like five to six players on the Astros team that was, that was accused of cheating and everything else. But in our mind space, it's hard for the average fan to see outside of knowing that things change quickly in life and in pro sports. And it's easy for us to get caught up in what we've fallen in love with and to realize in three years, this, this Browns, and I've said this other ways in three years, this Browns roster, most likely only miles Garrett, uh, the left tackle, JOK. There's probably only going to be 10 guys on this roster that will be on this roster in, t- in two years. Am I wrong for saying that? No, you're right. But, and it's no guarantee that those three even are. That's just, right. the, nat- that's just the nature of the beast. But you're right. Like 10 or 12 would be a good guess. Opening day, yeah. 2024, 12 would probably be max. Right. So the po- Yeah, so the point is I get falling in love and wanting – everybody wants their own Tom Brady. I, I get it. 
but that's not sports nowadays. It's just like the, like when we did the Indians and um, the Cubs. I never forget. Like we did the math, and everybody was you know obviously Lindor wasn't on the team anymore, but there were only like four or five players on the on the entire field that were in the 2016 World Series that were yeah. on the 2021 Cubs and, and Indians. The shit changes quick, people. It does. Um, the, the rosters change so quickly. So sometimes maybe you get mad about how Zach and I talk about rosters and players, but we've had enough conversations with general managers and scouts whose lives depend upon being ready for the next step. <laughs> You're like, right? Like, like none of these scouts and these, and these guys that we know that work in front offices, they, sit back, they don't sit back and relax on their roster they built in 2019. They're freaking out because they got to figure out 2023. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said it that way because I want to say this and get it out there. Right now, guys, I think there's like a 0.11% chance that the Browns would go after Cam Newton or some other quarterback this year. But when you get an emergency situation, everything changes. They're not there yet. But if Baker would be declared out for more months and Case would get hurt or something would happen, that would happen. And as it pertains to Deshaun Watson specifically, given what he's accused of and how that stands, I cannot imagine that there's much of a chance that they would pursue him now or six months from now. What changes in that, I don't know. But as Dre just said, I can tell you this. They'll never tell us. They'll never cop to it, and they'll probably never do it. But these guys are discussed inside those walls because that's their job. That's their job. And right. if they don't do it, they lose their job. And I think what, when the conversation on the outside, specifically in the week-to-week nature, and I've been covering the league for 20 years, and I still myself get caught up in the week-to-week nature of what's good, what's great, and what's bad is awful, and then it turns the next week, right? <laughs> um, is when teams preach about culture and needing accountability and needing smart players and needing guys they can trust. That has to pertain to the guys that make decisions too in that, right? You have to honestly evaluate yourself, your own players, all your options, right? Just because you won doesn't mean things are great, right? Right. And like part of the reason these conversations here in Cleveland turn so ugly is that Baker Mayfield is the face of a franchise turnaround from the – being the laughing stock of all sports to making it to the playoffs and no one will ever take that away from them. Right. And they will hang a toughness banner somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) But it won't, but it'll get other people fired. But trying to shoulder some safety in week two could have changed the trajectory of the franchise. Yeah. Maybe sped up things and help things. Maybe, maybe we, (laughs) we don't know where this is going. I'm saying, yeah, I I think you're a hundred percent right in that. These guys will make thought-out decisions. Um, you know, the, if you trust Andrew Barry and Stefanski, you trust them regardless of who the quarterback is going to be Thank this Sunday, you. four Sundays from now, and next week. But, man, you, I think you've got to lean on being aggressive, and I think you've got to, to watch Kyler Murray and Justin Herbert play and say, we, we are not in this galaxy in this aspect of the game, which is a pretty important aspect of the game. How about um... – and the kid down in Cincinnati. I had a friend yeah, ask no, me. I, I had a friend ask me th- that. I, I, I had a friend ask me Thursday night. And you may have asked me this. We we've actually but we actually saw each other a couple days in a row last week, which was scary. Um, and we're still and, and our wives haven't left us or whoever we're with. I'm sure they thought about it. Somebody asked me before the Browns game Thursday night. They were like, Hey, would you take the Bengals roster over the Browns roster? I had to think about it. 
because the Bengals roster is better than what, what the average. And I was saying this before that game and people that know me know I've been saying that Joe Burrow is special, but so is that kid. They took in the first round last week, yeah. but their defensive line is playing great. Zach, they got the kid from, they got the Henderson guy from new Orleans, the Ohio State kid that used to play fucking uh, lacrosse. Sam Hubbard. Has figured it out a little bit. The inside guys are playing well. I know people get mad, and I'll, and I'll get tweets about it, and I don't care. I've taken the Zach zone. I'm starting to just, hey, the dog is back. What up, bitch? Um, <laughs> I've taken the Zach zone and just start muting everybody or, or getting rid of them. I, the safety combination the Bengals have, I know we make fun of the Bengals organization, Zach, but they got something good going on right now. They really, really, really do. They do. And, and you know my opinion of Burrow that I've had for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I would have never thought they would have actually have gone on there and romped the Ravens the way they did. No way. Right. I thought, okay, no. you know, this is a great test for them in, in the great journey wow. that they're on. And, they, and, like, Lamar was out of the game at the end of the well, third quarter. Right. I got to look for something. I believe – the games we did last week, I think we did that game. And I believe I don't have – and I know my man – I know who will have it for us. I would have taken the Bengals plus the points, but I wouldn't have thought they were going to win Z the game. And, how about that? Z and Dre took Cincinnati last week. Yeah. Yeah. We're smarter than we look. Yeah, buddy. I, I got I, – when we do those later in the week, I got a way yeah. I want to lead into that. So okay. save, save that for then. Uh, I got to get out of here it. in a minute. But So do I. Jabril Peppers goes on the uh, on the injured list through his ACL and ankle. Uh, I only say that because you told a great story about the, the practices they had earlier this year and him making fun of – of guys, he's always one of those those names that'll come up in the past about he's drafts. He's hilarious, but, dude. That I'll always appreciate for being real. And there uh, you go. Uh, World Series starts tonight. Braves and the Astros. Um, I think I want the Braves to win, but I really want Michael Brantley to win. But I, I say Braves in six. What do you? Who got? plays for the Dave Justice and Julio Franco still play for the Braves? <laughs> Julio. <laughs> I, if it was 9.30 instead of 5.30, I would say let's play a game where I have some beers and start naming former Brave players. <laughs> oh, we could have fun with that. That would be so much fun. <laughs> Want to log back on at 9.30? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if I'm done with that class at OU. Hey, Blue Wire, you want to make some money? But also have to call up the lawyers? <laughs> Get us a beer sponsor for that. Let's go. <laughs> um, I did I, – I watched – I know more than a fair amount because a lot of them get played during football times, right? But between, you know, I was on the road those back-to-back weeks right when the playoffs were starting. So I watched a lot of day baseball, would have it on um, in the room or on my computer. Um, probably watched more of the ALCS. There were some really fun games, you know, Fenway, that oh. gimmick park, the ball flies out of there. And um, I watched the day that the Red Sox hit two grand slams, but man, the Astros have some pitching, don't they? They do, and their pitching coach, who did lead to some cheating, is old school and, and is very good. I'm a big Dusty Baker fan, too. Uh, I just always – I like that he's got his own wristbands. I like his whole uh, having the um, toothpicks. There's a great story of somebody got him toothpicks that were dipped in whiskey as, like, a present, and he didn't realize it. And, and like, halfway through a game, he was putting the – you know, this is a couple – this is years back. But he went to go grab them because he was like, oh, yeah, I got that new case of toothpicks. And he started – and he had them during a the game. He's like oh, – and, like, halfway through, he's like, holy shit, something's different with these. He didn't realize they had been dipped in whiskey. <laughs> See, here um, we go. Like, um, not – not to cut you off, but like where this stands, guys, 
right now, two minutes ago on Twitter, there's an expectation that Baker Mayfield will practice Wednesday. Josina, yeah, Josina Anderson is posting that. So, like, who knows, right? And and when he's going to handle the updates on his own, which they've done all along, because remember the first leak was partial. Then I'm then the second. I'm sure that goes. I'm sure totally that goes torn. over well in Berea on the fourth floor, by the way. Uh, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> You know, we'll just see. Anyway, my, my point was I don't I don't have any kind of educated guess uh, on the World Series, and right. Spectrum was fate would would not let me watch last night. But good for the Cavs who we've ripped. And I was going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, hey, they've kept the Hawks under a hundred, and they've kept Denver under a hundred. I don't. They gave up like hundred thirty in each of the right. first two. So. Right. Um. I like you said. It's it isn't even Halloween yet. But good for them for playing hard. Good for them for. You know what? I don't mind using these seven-footers. I don't. It's not going to work against every team, uh, but I like the energy they're playing with. And I got to tell you, the kid they drafted last year, Zach, I have no idea where the Cavs are going, but I think they got a legitimate guy. And, you know, and we, and we all go too far. You're talking about Okoro? Shut up. Okoro had a good game last He's He can play. You like Okoro. Look at you making fun of him. No, I don't. I, I really don't think he can you play were, at all. Oh, who, oh, it was some. It was another hater that was telling me <laughs> that. I think Okoro's going to be fine the way they're using him. I I like the kid they drafted out of USC, but I heard already somebody yes. trying to compare him to a young Kevin Garnett. Stop that. Let he this kid great. become. Yes. Yes. And he's I love and years old. Jared Allen's playing well. This is fun. But you know the main thing that's helping him? Ricky Rubio. They've got an actual guy that knows how to run a fucking yes, team. Yes, a pro. Bringing in a pro, right? Yes. Um, so Mobley is from the same city as Demetric Felton. Uh, really? Okay. So that's been Temecula, California. They've been they've been good to Cleveland. Uh, no doubt. I, mean, I just I asked Demetric. He does not know Mobley personally, but he said he's he's followed his career and he thinks it's cool. That that's he's awesome. Such a, such well, a- that's great. That's great because uh, the linebacker that likes to post everything on Instagram and on Twitter is actually uh, was a college t- uh, in the college of the same team at Alabama is, is Sexton. Wonder if both of them will be here next year. All right, everybody enjoy. You're not- <laughs> yes, thank you for listening. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Blue Wire, thanks to American Fireworks, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> we'll be back for a happy hour in a couple days. We appreciate you guys. See you. <laughs>